I welcome you to the Nerdist Podcast number 405. There's a lot of stand-up coming up. I mean, there's always a lot of stand-up in the world. I mean, me, personally, stand-up coming from me. Like San Francisco, September 11th to the 14th at Cobbs. Uh, that is a big room, so please buy tickets for that. Buy lots. Buy five for every person in your party. Uh, well, okay, don't do that. I wouldn't expect you to do that. Buy three for every person in your party. Also, September 27th at the Wilbur Theater in Boston. I'll be coming out there with Matt Myra. That's the 27th September. And then November 8th at the Carolina Theater in Durham, North Carolina. So uh, tickets and info for that are at Nerdist.com slash calendar. So um, please come out. See a show. I'm backstage at Talking Bad right now. Uh, wait and do the show. Don Cheadle's on. I'm very excited. I've never met Don Cheadle. We're going to mostly talk about Breaking Bad, I would imagine. Because it would be weird if I just started gushing about how much I loved the Captain Planet video that he did on Funny or Die when we're supposed to be talking about Breaking Bad. So uh, we'll probably just keep it to uh, the Breaking Bad territory. But uh, I'd like to thank Stamps.com for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. There is a no-risk trial right now for Nerdist Podcast listeners. It's a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale up to $55 of free postage. That's when you use the promo code NERDIST so that you don't have to go to the post office. You don't have to. You should never do anything that's not fun. Well, okay, that's a bad message to give to kids. Sometimes you do have to do things that aren't fun, but Sam's.com wants to take one of those things off your plate. Don't go to the post office anymore. Print out official U.S. postage for whatever the amount you need. Stick it right in your package, and then a mail carrier will come and take it from you, and you should thank them profusely because they are doing that job. So you don't have to. Go to Stamps.com right now before you do anything else. Click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Nerdist. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. This was a really, really, really exciting episode uh, for me because I had... Katie Seagal is one of those people where you're like, I hope she's as cool as I want her to be. And uh, I can affirm that she was a lot. Like, you're going to want to hang out with her a lot. So if you see her on the streets, try to stop yourself from tagging along everywhere just so you can be near her. Uh, Because she's rad. Can I just bring that back from the 80s? I say it a lot on Twitter and people make fun of me. Katie Seagal is rad. Uh, This is also fairly timely for a lot of reasons. Number one, Sons of Anarchy is coming back Tuesday, September 10th to FX. Uh, So the new season. So uh, you'll get to see Katie on that. Also, you may have just seen the series finale of Futurama. Uh, which just happened a few days ago, and we did a pre- and post-show for it uh, on the Nerds channel on YouTube, which you can go see. Matt Groening and Marisa Marsh and Billy West and a bunch of people were there. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, Katie was not able to be there because she was shooting Sons of Anarchy, which, again, is coming back Tuesday, September 10th uh, on FX. Uh, Katie is also a pretty incredible singer uh, and musician, so she has a new album that's coming up called Covered, so look for that. Her website is katiesegal.net, and she does have an E in Katie, but... Uh, an absolute pleasure to hang out with for episode number 405 of the Nerdist Podcast, Katie Seagal. Now entering Nerdist.com. This one? This one? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, go. there you go. Hello. And if that's too loud, I think oh, you're one of these guys. Oh, there I am. Oh, my goodness. Hello. Hello. Welcome <laughs> to this sweet, buttery, condensed microphone. I do. I really so. like that. <laughs> We're going to listen to, uh, here's some ELO on... Uh, 
I've listened. I've listened to all this to like the Sirius XM, and it's all the old. All they DJs. do is play know, ELO. All those old guys, and my kids completely rag on them. It's unbelievable. Well, they, the, the DJ styles in the '70s were just different. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they talk so much. They talk a lot. There's a lot of band and song puns. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it was a different time. It definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, this was cool at a certain point. They yeah. had. They. It was okay to act like you cared about something. I know. They. They say the most things that make me hit my head against the steering wheel. Well, they do. I just put my head down and go, that was not even a joke. (laughs) Yeah. You know, man, they're just trying to burn through all the discs they got to spin that day. Why you got to shit on their... uh, That's when they start talking the history of blah, 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 and the history of this. And then I was in Woodstock when... And then (laughs) my kids just... Play the music. Could you please just play the song? Just play the song. We really like to hear the song. It's great that you crapped in a ditch. It yeah, would suck. Right. Uh, but I really want to hear uh, Hendrix. Um, where, so you you did the thing today, which um, is one of the most stressful things for me, which is when you're stuck in traffic and every way that you possibly go, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yes. And you're you're almost to some place. You go, you know, I'll only be a couple minutes late. And then traffic is like, we'll see about that. Oh, yeah, there is no. I know. And I don't know when I'll ever realize that that just is not the way it is ever, anymore. Because nope. I've just come from the school of like, I got 15 minutes, I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I just think everything is 15 minutes. Away. I actually did, though, leave earlier than that, I must say. But it was just one of those where the, the half hour turned into, you no, know. Everything is, everything is 15 minutes away in L.A., only on Christmas. That's it. Yeah, that's Sundays, it. man. Yeah. I was out on Sunday this last week. It was Unbelievable! It was fantastic. I could get everywhere. This yeah. could be our life if we the, didn't live in I, Los Angeles. Right. This is how it should be. The least <laughs> amount of traffic I've ever seen in Los Angeles is when it was the Carmageddon weekend when they oh, were yeah. like, oh, oh, so great. People are going to be eating their children in the streets. And then so no one went anywhere. And the streets were dead. It was, it was wonderful. LA also just, we're the only place that names our traffic. Carmageddon Bridge Bash. <laughs> it's coming down. So <laughs> they to, true. They have to hook it and like just market it. I've, <sighs> I've started using a term now with people where I where someone will go. Uh, is it you know? Is you're in Silver Lake? Is it far to get to you know West Hollywood? And I go. Well, it's traffic far. It's not distance far. Right. It's traffic far. Oh, that's a great way to yeah. sort of. Yeah, encapsulate. I mean, when I moved yes. out to L.A. like eight years ago, I was like, "Oh, sure, Pasadena. I'll live there. It's twelve miles away from no. Hollywood." Oh, man. <laughs> that's poor it's on logic. The moon. It's Did on that the moon. for a year. Yeah, <laughs> my mom lives out there, and I realized that I would probably see her more, and I could get there faster if she lived in Vegas, and I flew there. Wow. <laughs> well, that is handy. You live uh, behind that airfield. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Where do uh, you live? Yeah, I just made that. I live. Um, I live. Uh, I'm, well, I'm moving to like Hollywood Hills area. Oh. I am an east I'm an east sider. Like Los Feliz. Right. Uh, Hollywood I was Hills. always an east sider. This is my this is my wanting a, a, a cooler environment. Because the west side is just cooler. I mean cooler weather wise. Oh weather wise. I yeah. don't mean cooler like cool. It's not cool <laughs> at all. But <laughs> it's got its cool moments. I mean we're there and we're very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you up the cool factor. Yeah we up the cool factor a little bit. There's an epicenter of cool that uh, radiates out from your house. And we're sort and of absorbs. on that, yeah. And we're kind of, uh, yeah, we're 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 all right over there. Yeah, but when the they're when they're on vacation like... and not home, it's actually four degrees warmer. <laughs> <laughs> well, the West Side has a lot of like 
banker money. Like it's they're not it's not all cool fun entertainment people on the west side. Yeah, it's other a, it's people. some it's some suits. Like yeah. there's there's suits up there. It's a little uptight. Yeah. yeah. It has that element. You know, I grew up around there, so it's kind of like a hometown thing for me. I mean, I grew up all around Los Angeles, but I ended up on the west side when my dad actually had a, a job that, you know, he could stay in one place. You you're an entertainment family. You're guys Yeah, all, my yeah. dad was a director. So mm-hmm. he moved, you know, every year Till I was like 12 years old, we'd move because depending on, you know, employment or if we were having more children in our family, something. So we had to expand. It's like being an army brat in a four mile radius. It kind of (laughs) was. Yeah. Except that we did go to New York for a minute. We were in Encino. We were we were just all over the place. And then uh, so I sort of have a pull towards the West Side. Uh, and you're, fa- I mean, you're, I know, I mean, I'm familiar with other members of your family too. I, I, I was, you know? a, well, I don't know them, but, uh, <laughs> but I watched, uh, I remember Double Trouble. Oh I remember God. your sisters, your twin sisters. No, not your twin. They are twins. They are twins. Well, they're yeah. my twins. They're yeah. my sisters Who and they are twins. And they, and they are twins. <laughs> yeah. And they were in Greece too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh look. look yeah. At you. I know. And, and then also I know that they've all gone on to like, I think, is it Jean who's directing Jean's directing, and she works on Two and a Half Men. She's camera coordinating, and then she's also on, uh, what's that other show? Two Broke Girls, it's right. called. cool. And then Liz is writing. She was on Sons of Anarchy for three years, and now she's writing TV shows and movies. You know, she's just writing. So, But they're the ones who started... I didn't want anything to do with that acting jazz. <laughs> no why. What no you way, do? dude. Um, well, I wanted to play music. That's really what I what I was doing and so I decided that's really what I'm going to do with my life is I was going to play music and then when the acting jobs start happening I'm like alright I guess I'll do this thing no it wasn't more like it was by the time I started actually acting uh, I was I had been struggling for long enough as far as I was concerned so it was sort of like whatever, whatever, whatever door slammed open that was okay with me yeah and um, you know my father had always said I should be an actor so I had some kind of natural bend towards it and uh but I, um, uh, it was not my idea. I mean, now I've, I sort of feel like I've learned on the job. Mm-hmm. I've learned as I've gone. So, um, it's acting's like one of those things that I feel like everybody thinks they can do. Yeah, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll just act. I was like, oh, you know what? Will you really do that. Will you really just do no, that? It's, it's good really... that your on the job training took. <laughs> it did. I mean, I was really uh, fortunate to be around. You know, my first TV show was with Mary Tyler Moore, who was like, you know, the bomb, the best. Oh, that's, yeah, that's right. She came one. back. Danny she... DeVito. Yeah. That's right. She came back in the 80s to do another version of the Mary Tyler Moore yeah. show basically but it was really depressing because she was playing a divorced woman which like in the 80s I guess it wasn't cool to be divorced I don't know well, a divorced woman nobody in your thought 40s. it was funny yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now everybody's mod you know, blazed that trail yeah she did actually so um, so I kind of did that and uh, yeah so. how was it how was Mary Tyler Moore to work with she was great she was so great with me because I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just – it was actually a great lesson in my life. I wish I could still have it, which I was so fearless. I was sort of like, what's happening? I just didn't even know. And I would just kind of do stuff. And she'd come over and show me technique. I mean she'd show me how to – that's when you had to get in the light. And I was like saying all my lines looking down at the floor. She'd come <laughs> over and 
raise up my chin. <laughs> and, and she was really nice. And all, all my job was was I just completely insulted her. That was my gig on the show. It's like, here's Sweet Mary, and I just played this wise ass that worked across the desk from her and just said mean things to but her. But that was, let's see. I've like always that, heard that Mary 1983, Tyler Moore, I think. 1984. Was she, I think she, was she, she'd already done Ordinary People at that point, Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. I've always heard that she's a delightful woman, but has a mouth like a sailor. Is that true? I didn't hear the mouth like a no? sailor. No, I was kind of, I was kind of, you know... She was kind of revered in my mind, so I no, I I, I kind of wish I'd heard that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. You certainly are never going to remember this, but I did two episodes of Married with Children. You did? Oh, in, I looked at you and I thought you looked like an actor. Are you an actor? No, I host TV shows, but I'm not. I would not call myself an actor. I'm a comedian and I host TV shows, but I would not call myself an actor. Ah. But in 1996. I worked at MTV in the 90s, and, and you guys did an episode where Kelly goes to spring break or something. And so they had me play a VJ. Not a stretch. Uh, and so, But I did two episodes, and everyone was so nice. I was so nervous, and you guys were so ridiculously nice. It's a nice bunch. That I got to do two episodes. It was a two-parter. So wow. uh, so I still get the, the $3 check every oh, no. once in a while. $3? Wow. Yeah. I get those, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think I'd be richer than I am <laughs> since they play that thing all the time. And it's, it's, always, it's always playing somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. I uh, mean, it was really, yeah. I'm glad we were nice to you because, you know, we could be a snarky bunch. So we must have liked you. Well, it was, I, I don't know, everyone, I think at that point... Uh, uh, this was 96, maybe? So how many... We how were much, almost done. You were almost done. So I think yeah. everyone was just sort of like, eh, we're just kind of riding this out, and it's nice, and everyone's getting paid well, and we're just enjoying it, and, yeah. you know. But I don't know if a lot... Of, I mean, certainly a lot of people who were who were younger would not remember that Married with Children and The Simpsons were the two shows that essentially created Fox. Oh, like, yeah. Like absolutely. They, like... In in the eighties, there were three networks, and then all of a sudden, they were like, and then this young upstart network's going to come along, and they got edgy programming and a cartoon fox. And a, <laughs> remember the that's cartoon right. fox? Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> I just remember when they gave me the script, I just thought, oh, this this just nobody ever's going to watch this. I had never seen anything like that on television, so I, you know, I was willing willing to give it a shot. But. It's still even when you watch it. Still, like when I catch you're a rerun just like, of it, you're what? like, really? Right? <laughs> but it was, but it, but it I was, know, it was so, so cool. Crazy. It was so genius. Crazy. Like between that and The Simpsons, it was genius counter programming to every to every other network because the only way to compete with other with the other networks was to basically be counterculture to what they were doing, I, yeah, and be super edgy. And, and Married with Children really was a show that. Um, it was like so kind of making fun of the traditional sitcom. Well, the the working title was called Not the Cosby Show. Right. And, uh, <laughs> that's what it was. And then the, the the kind of really ironic part is Barry Diller, who ran the Fox Network at that time, was so embarrassed by Married with Children. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that that's the one that kept succeeding because he had all these shows that started yeah. and they'd all drop off. And our show just kept rising. And it was he was almost like he was like, no, not that one. <laughs> Don't watch that one. But, you know. It did. Uh, it just really struck a chord. And I, I would imagine that people probably, at least in the first handful of years, pro- it was probably kind of nice for you that you could just go out in public and people didn't necessarily recognize I you. I always could. I mean, it got to a place where uh, about five years in, Ed really couldn't, you know, I remember walking down the streets of New York with him and he just he just couldn't go anywhere. I mean, he was Al Bundy, yeah. you know, and, and it was uncomfortable for him. But I could definitely get away with, you know. I think I sort of knew that, you know, because it was my idea to kind of dress her up that way. She was really written to be more like a slob, like a couch potato. And mm-hmm. I thought, no, no, let's doll her up. 
And plus, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I better make sure I can go back to my other gig, you know, because yeah. I made a living as a musician. So I was like, I better be able to slip back into that. So I wanted to kind of disguise her. Oh, that's really interesting. That's really interesting that you that it was basically like a full costume. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because of the first five years, I kept thinking like, really? <laughs> I, you know. And I always had a band. I mean, I was always like ready for that door to just kind of open back up so that I, you know, because I, I was going to fall through this one. It was it was a wild thing. And then was it, you know, when when the acting career started taking off and but you were still doing music and then people were like, wait, you do music? But in your mind, you're probably like, well, yeah, that's oh, the main thing I do. It was horrible. You know, in about uh, eighth year of Married with Children, I made this record on Virgin Records. And I'll never forget, you know, it was a really legitimate record and I wrote it all and I did it all. And I remember going to all these radio stations and nobody, they all they wanted to do was talk to me about Married with Children. Of they, course. They, they didn't even want to play the record. It was really disheartening. Uh, <laughs> and were they like, so what is this? Some kind of like Peg Bundy yeah, sings like, the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. And they always wanted Peg Bundy to sing. And uh, I mean, it was really, uh, it was fine. You know, it was one of those kind of quality problems. It's like, yeah. I got this great gig, but, <laughs> you know, so you can't even my really bitch about it. My TV show successful that it sucks when I'm promoting my record. <laughs> <laughs> this gold is too heavy for my pockets. It just didn't work out. No, but I understand that it is kind of a bummer when, I mean, just at least artistically... When you're like, yeah, 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 no, that's good. But this is the thing that really... Or no, you just want to do both. Yeah. You know, it's really, it's it's interesting how myopic people get about who they like and the what, what they do. And they want you to just always do that. It was way worse back then, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything now it's was opened very up. compartmentalized. Yes. And now yes. it's almost... It's almost kind of expected that you do like five things. Right. Because so, we're multitasking. We're multitaskers. <laughs> you know? We're multitaskers. So, you know, it's not weird at all that, oh, you're an actor, but you got an album, I or know. you're a musician and you're in a, a movie. You know, like it's not that weird. No. But back then, they did not. Not at all. We didn't have all the technology. I mean, have you, just to yeah, go on the side, sure. you know, those commercials, have you heard these lately for how to become more efficient with some some kind of software that you can? Do I mean, these are the most unbelievable commercials I've ever heard. I can't even imagine. I don't even know the name of the product. But they get you where you're going faster. They make you organized. From, I mean, it's just like, it's like, how productive do we need to be? Well, it makes me exhausted. To listen. <laughs> are you that guy? I'm he's pretty, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm oh kind of that guy. My I'm, husband is a little bit that guy, though, too. Well, he's, he, he's very technical. He kind of has to be, though. Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah, runs yeah, yeah, a, yeah. you know, like, a, if you're, if you're the, I mean, he basically is the, driving force yes so he's he has to be well organized because he has to approve a lot of shit yeah at all times we should slow down it makes me tired (laughs) i'm I'm on board the slow down thing don't you see right no guys when you slow down that means you are alone with your own thoughts and who wants that oh my god chris you can solve that with booze no i can't meditation you should meditate you should meditate i did you know i was doing i tried i can't do it really what What can't you do five books on meditation my brain doesn't shut off yeah but you know let me tell you your brain is not supposed to shut off the more you struggle with it, we could have this whole conversation. Please, oh, please, te- please teach us. You're supposed to watch your thoughts. You're not supposed to say, stop. You know, you're not supposed to stop your brain. That's not the principle behind meditation. But it's I can't more- watch my thoughts without visiting them. Well, that's the practice. That's what you would need to learn. It's more like observation. It's sort of just sort of step aside and, and observe. But I think you also, like, it's a, a sort of a muscle that you have to build up to. Like, maybe if you're able to do it for a minute one day. Oh, a minute's good. Yeah, yeah. And, then you, and you work up. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you though. I'll revisit. I, I, 
You should read all the all the info on meditation, all the good stuff it does for you. Oh no, I'm aware. That's yeah, why I got so many books good. on it. That's why you want to jump into that party. Wants it. I do. It's funny. It's, I just hate naps so much. You know that I thought it would be a nice alternative. You know what's funny about, what you, <laughs> funny about what you just said is that it's it, and it's almost antithetical to the idea of meditation. Like I bought all this academia about how to meditate, right. and I'm reading it, and I can't meditate. Like hey, you're gonna gotta let. There, there's a program. Um, there's a there's an app that you can get for for Android and iOS called Paziz, and it's basically it just walks you through these 20 minute naps. Paziz on Zadar. Really? It's not Paziz on sorry. Yeah, uh, it's these 20 minute naps, and at 20 minutes is a, the perfect amount of time to feel refreshed because right. it's you you just get to the edge of right before you go into a deep sleep, and then you come out of it and well, you feel amazing. Batman well, why takes do you micro need an sleeps. app to take a nap. Uh, because I like being, I, I, I mean, like, does it guide you through the nap? It guides you through the nap. Oh. Yeah, it guides you through the nap. It kind of... That's, that's unbelievable to me. It's, it, it's sort of like it cheats. It does this thing called... Um, uh, it's, it's binaural uh, sound. So you have sound kind of vibrating at two slightly different frequencies in each ear. And so it just sort of, uh, it's, oh. like, it's like, it's like, it's uh, like, you know, like a, a theta wave, alpha, alpha wave kind of stuff. Oh, where I got gotcha. Kind of like, uh, and then you, and then for 20 minutes you, and then you're up. Well, that's amazing. how long you're supposed to meditate too. 20 minutes is, is the magic number. Do you do that every day? Well, I do it twice a day when I'm, when I'm seriously not too distracted. <laughs> well, yeah, I, would, I try to do it twice a day. Do you do it? So do you, does it help when you're shooting? Yeah, it helps with everything. It helps with everything. It helps. It, you actually are more productive by taking that time out of your schedule. I know it seems, you know, like you wouldn't be. But no, I actually believe it because by the, it cause there are some days where, you know, by four o'clock in the afternoon, you're just like, I don't, I don't know how I'm gonna, how I'm gonna get through. <laughs> I'm gonna get through. The well, rest you stop of the- and you do your twenty minutes, and um, you know, there's all kinds of research that it rests the body and the brain way beyond. You know, it's like it's like the same principle of a nap. And I'm completely unschooled. I mean, I I know like these guru kind of people that know all this information. But for myself, it's been really, really great. Have you always done that, or was no, that... no, no? I started. Kurt and I actually both um, started meditating about five years ago, and then you know we're intermittent meditators. That's what I would say. <laughs> we have the knowledge. You know, it's just sometimes we're just too freaking busy. Yeah. But you know, when you actually allow yourself to slow down enough to do it. It, it's yeah. really, really good. What would you do if you didn't have to do anything? Like, if you, I mean, you don't really have to do anything. You could just not. If you just wanted to be like, eh, screw it, I don't want to do anything. What, what would you sit around and do? Really, you think I could just not do anything? No, I mean, I think, I think you at this point, if you didn't, it's not like I don't feel like I, I would guess you don't really have to work if you don't want to. You probably like doing it. No, you know? I have to work. Really? <laughs> you made some bad investments. No, no, some bad marriages. <laughs> no, no, oh, no. I, I would have to. No, I mean, you know, we're fine. We could sort of change things up and probably not have to work. But <clears throat> I like to work. I mean, first of all, what I do is um, is super rewarding. I mean, acting, particularly on the job that I'm on now on Sons of Anarchy, is really fun and very rewarding. You know, I've definitely done my share of schlocky jobs that weren't fun and rewarding, but that's pretty awesome. And right now I'm, you know, I'm playing a lot of music and that's really great. I wouldn't, um, I don't know what I would do if I, you know, I seem to fill my time. I don't have a lot of hobbies. Is that the question? I guess so. Yeah. No hobbies. I guess music is probably like the thing that would fill the. I really like to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you watching? What are you? What are you Isn't watching? That awful. No, I mean, that's just, good. You work in television. You're among friends. I know, but I could really watch TV. I just well, I just sped through Orange Is the New Black. Did you watch? I, it? I watched the yet. first two episodes. Oh my god, of it. it's awesome. Yeah, I watched the first two episodes of it, and then uh, and then I got sidetracked with something else. Really good. 
as was House of Cards. I like that whole Netflix thing where you can just speed yep. on through. Yep. Um, what else am I watching? You know, I'm watching Breaking Bad, of course. Yes. Um, uh, Ray Donovan, I really like. Oh, yeah. I like all those cable shows. I don't really watch, you know, but it seems like, you know, I don't know that I could watch hours and hours of TV, but I can get really sucked in. And then, of course, Sons of Anarchy. Of course. But, but see, you already know what's going to happen on the show. I don't know what's going to happen. Just, really? But oh. you're married to the guy. No, 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 no. Everybody really? has that misconception. No, I kind of go along with everybody else. A lot of times, he's not completely sure what's going to go on either. I mean, he has a big overview. You mm-hmm. should talk to him, too. He'll explain. <laughs> oh, I'd love to, yeah. He's got a big overriding arc. But then, actually, how the episodes are going to end, end up, we don't know. Like, I don't really know. Is that because of Ron Perlman? Because he'll just come in and say whatever he wants to say. No, Ron, Ron toes the line. <laughs> I love Ron. Ron was, uh, Ron, Ron, when uh, we had Guillermo del Toro on the show once, oh, and he was nice. he was talking about Ron, and he was like, uh, he has to do these monologues, and I'm laughing so fucking hard because he can't remember any of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and he's trying to get through it, and I'm just laughing on the other side of the camera. Like, that's you just, so funny. Yeah. No, yeah. Ron comes in. He he gets through. It. You know, he kind of learns it on the. He has a different method. You know. He, yeah. He sort of learns it as he goes. But um, no, I really kind of I I don't know that much. And everybody thinks because I'm married to Kurt that I'm you know pumped full of information. I'm not. He's mum's the word. Oh wow. That's kind of interesting. He doesn't tell me. Even though we talk a lot about the show, we talk about sort of where we are, not necessarily where it's going. Do you ever ask him, you know, at at night, you're a couple, do you talk about work at all? Or is it like, no, this is couple time? Or do you say like, you know, where do you think I should take this? Or what do you think is going on? Do you ever talk about that stuff? Yeah, well, we had to learn how to not do that. Because when it started, you know... We were both so enthusiastic, and he was just figuring it out. And so we talked about it way too much, I think. You know, we have three kids, so that kind of really equals – that's what oh, we sure. talk about. Yeah. And um, – Talk about, like, which one's a dick. Kind of. <laughs> I, I swear to God. <laughs> which one's going through, like – The thing. The which... stuff. Who, yeah. Who's having the hardest time? Yeah, they're all in kind of – not strange places right now, but I have two teenagers and then I have a six-year-old. Oh, well, one of them, at least one of them is going to be a dick. Oh, they're all yeah. at, at times. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what's amazing is that you, you, what's amazing is that you seem pretty you seem pretty cool and laid back. And so in your mind, you're probably like, you know, I'm just going to be a cool mom and then the kids will be fine. And then and then no matter what you do, no I, I'm guessing as a parent, I don't have kids, but the, the kids will find a way to oppose you because that's just what they do. That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. They have to individuate. Whatever, you know, they have to find their own way. So all of a sudden, yeah. And, and then you have to yeah. be like, guys, come on. Why are right. we fucking? Right. I know. Just listen to me, please. I know. It's, well, and, you know, it's, a, it's, I'm very close with my older children and my younger one. But, you know, they do. They have their own opinions. <laughs> How dare they? Disgusting. You know, for years, like, you get to tell them everything. Now <laughs> they want to call the shots. I always loved the, when, and the Simpsons and Homer's telling Apu about kids, and he's like, it's great. You can teach them to hate the things that you hate. And they practically raise themselves. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but it is, you know, especially... Well, especially now, and you're talking about technology and stuff, and your kids, you know, especially if you have a six-year-old, is probably just like oh, she's uh, whizzy, whizzes on the iPad. How far ahead of its time was the Jetsons, where it's like Elroy's doing calculus and knows computer? Like, well, it's kind of where, kind of where we are, kind of where we are. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. Do uh, uh, now with I know Futurama's coming to an end soon, which oh, is a huge bummer. It's really it'll a be bummer. back. Don't worry. Don't you think? Yeah. 
I know Matt said to me, you know, don't worry, we'll find something. It's going to be, you yeah. know, because I can't imagine Netflix that they would, would let go that like, go. Well, let's do a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. Yeah. Netflix, did you hear? <gasps> that would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, we just planted the seed. I just yeah. threw it out there. Well, mm-hmm. we're hosting the, um, we're, we're producing with Comedy Central this special for the finale. That's oh, you be are? on the web, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure I'm going to make it because I might have to shoot that day. Unless oh, it's a weekend. Is it a weekend? It's a Wednesday. It's, the, yeah. it's September 4th. See, I can't commit yet because I don't know my schedule yet. You don't know your schedule yet, but I think Matt's going to be there and yeah and, and some they're of... great those guys are so great and david x cohen and yeah. all of them good i'm glad I, I think you know certainly i know a lot of, i know i know everyone enjoys futurama but the but but the nerd crowd particularly enjoys futurama just because it's 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 a show that's not afraid to uh be nerdy go deep down yeah. the deep reference nerdy. rabbit hole that episode like my favorite joke ever on any cartoon is in futurama it's when uh, they go to the moon the amusement park on the moon and then Fry leaves the amusement park, and uh, they go. They find the Apollo uh, space uh, uh, lunar module, and the module is attached to it. And in my head, I'm like, "Oh, come on, guys! That wouldn't be there. It left the moon. That's how they got home." And then there's a plaque. It cuts to a plaque. Uh, lunar module reattached by uh, scientific oh. accuracy community or something like that. Like they knew. Yeah, like they knew that was going to be. See, I wouldn't know that. By the way, was this was this just like a Comic Con panel for you? Of was, maybe it was the episode where um, the module was uh, uh, attached. A little bit. Well, no, I don't because I, just... re- I don't know a lot of that nerdy stuff. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I just, just I just say I'm the just lines. Sharing. <laughs> How did you uh, like? Was was Futurama? What, did you want to get into voiceover, or what, did they did they come to you and say you've got to play Leela? No, I you know I knew Matt because we both started on the Fox Network at the same time. Uh, yes. So so we were just sort of you know at the same functions, and then Married with Children ended, and I had never done voice work before. And Matt asked if I would come and read for this show, so I went in. I was really I'd never done anything like that, and it's if you notice. All I really do is my voice. <laughs> Leela is just like this, just a little bit higher pitched. <laughs> um, you know, so so I was like, yeah, okay. So, you know, he gave me the job and it was awesome. And, uh, you know, and then it was a whole new world for me because those voice actors, Billy West and John DiMaggio, DiMaggio. you know, they're so amazing. And Maurice LaMarche. Yep. And, I mean, they're just, you know. They're unbelievable. So we go to the session, and I just laugh for like hours. I didn't barely get a word in edgewise. I'm I'm amazed we ever got anything done. DiMaggio is a guy who man, he's he, he's not only is he hilarious, but that guy is a fucking force of nature. He's uh, I worked with him on a cartoon, and he's uh, he he went in the stream of swears. Like it was like oh fucking shit ass piece of shit. And his mom happened to be there, and his mom was in the recording studio. And we're like. Oh, your mom's right here. And he's like, she doesn't mind, do you, mom? Fucking shit-ass cunt fuck. And, and literally. And his mom was like, oh, Johnny. You know, it was like one of those. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you could tell he'd have a mom like that. But what an amazingly... voiceover actors to me are so... Inc- like, really good ones like Maurice and Billy and John because... They they're just literally just using their voice yeah. to create uh, a character. Yeah, and then switch into another voice to create another one. I mean, it's wild to watch Billy do all those voices and yeah, and John and Tress McNeil. I mean, she's amazing. So that whole experience was great. I I, I, I they would every once in a while ask me to do something different, and I was just like, no, I can't. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> but every show, I mean, it seems like you know. You sort of just jumped from really cool thing to really cool thing. How I mean, great it, is that? It's pretty amazing. You're like, j- just to have one hit show yeah. in someone's career is 
that alone is pretty insane. But when it's this and like, oh, Futurama's got a cool vibe too, and Sons of Anarchy, holy shit, and and you're great on the show. It's it's a pretty, it's a pretty insane. You know, when you think about your life as an actor. Is is there any part where you go, oh, I wish it would have, or is it like, nope, I'm good with the way that went down? I'm pretty good. God, I wish you'd like been talking to me last night. I was in a really dark place. <laughs> really, I could have heard. I would have loved to have heard. What happened? Been reminded of all well, that. Now you can just play this back. <laughs> yeah, I can. I'm just going to remember all what that. What happened? What happened when you go to a dark place? What what, what life what happens? You? you know, my children were driving me crazy. The little one wouldn't go to bed. You know, I was just having like one of those like, <sighs> you know, I mean, just like everybody, just you know, normal everyday. You know, I got one kid that's going to college tomorrow. I got one that, you know, not sure he wants to go. I got one that's this. You know, I just have a lot of stuff. But anyway, the truth is all everything you said right there is absolutely um, fantastic. And I feel very grateful for it. You know, my only thing about continuing and doing more stuff is I always, you know, like when Sons of Anarchy came along, I was really in this period where it was hard for me to break out of a comedy um, model. You know, people knew me so well for so long as Peg Bundy. And then I did a little arc on Lost, which was really yes. good for me. But I had to go, I had to really fight for that part because, you know, people didn't realize that I could do that. So once I sort of crossed into those waters, because, you know, you're, a, you know, as a creative person, you just want to stay interested. You just want to keep doing different stuff so you don't get bored. So, I mean, that's one reason. So once I did that, and then and then now I'm able to do more dramatic things, um, I feel more kind of complete as an actor. I don't feel like I'm just the sort of one-note actor. So um, I, I have, you know, I just wanted to keep going. That's what I would, that would be my, my only, I love to work. I'm not ready to just sit around and not do anything. Yeah. So, um you know, I know. What was your question? You asked. It wasn't the question, really a, like, a question. It, really it was just the idea of like. Well, I guess it was when you look back. Is are you satisfied? Am I happy? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm always a little bit. You know, I'm just not necessary. I'm a little bit disgruntled by nature. Not not disgruntled. That's the wrong word. A little bit um, dissatisfied by nature. So I I think it kind of keeps me in the game. Which What do you mean by that? I'm just always looking for for a little bit. Let me. Let me preface it by saying I'm happy with what I have. Of course, of course, of course. I just want more. No, no, no. no, no. I just want to keep I, – I like the idea of continuing, you yeah. know, to to find things that I want to do. I'd like to be in more feature films. I'd like to um, – I'd like to do more serious dramas. I'd like to go back and do another comedy now. You know, it's sort of all that. That is it, – it sort of reminds me of um, when Cranston was on – and he sort of said the same thing about Breaking Bad, where it was like, you know, coming off of Malcolm, yep. he wanted to do something that was completely opposite that so that, p- that he didn't get stuck in a box and there was, you know, resistance. Where oh, it's yeah. like, oh, this guy, the, bro- the guy used to do broad comedy in his underwear, so he's going to be on this other show where he's sort of doing comedy in his underwear again. Right. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but just that idea that, it, you know, how important it is as a performer to keep surprising people with what you do. Totally, and it's not just other people. It's for yourself. You know, so that you, you know, I mean, I don't think, I don't think I ever started doing anything in this um, world to not be uh, responded to by an audience. I mean, I think that's bullshit. So it has to do with other people too. But then just to keep interested in it, to make it something that you really want to do, because, you know, there's days just like any gig you have where it's like, oh, really? I got to go to work. I don't care how exciting your job is. So it's nice to be challenged. 
Yeah. So what? Which days were when you look at Sons of Anarchy? You look at Married with Children. Which days were harder to push through? Where you're like, oh, I got to go to work today. Is it? Is well, it? You're talking sitcom hour versus single camera <laughs> drama yeah, hour. Totally. I guess that's true. Totally I think it's. I guess that's true. But you know, if you're what was Married with Children? Nine years or eleven? Eleven. So you know, year ten. It was getting tough. It's there. just like you know, you got to put the fucking wig on. Except and Ed and I were. Ed and I were so like. You know, both of us had struggled long enough to realize that you don't make money like this. You know, yeah. as opposed to the kids who were like, I remember Christina saying to me sometimes, and I adore Christina, but when she was 16, she'd be like, I just want a regular job. I just want to work like, <laughs> Do you, you know, know, in a store or something. And it would be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, this doesn't happen. So Ed and I, I think by the 10th year, we were just both like ka-ching a little bit. <laughs> we're like, we'll just ride it out, baby. I'll take the red hot pants in the way. I mean, it's good. And we're good. <laughs> but most of it was really, I mean, because it was such a fun job. I mean, we, you know, he's a funny dude. Yeah. And, you know, we would just have belly laughs all the time at work. So, you know, that's a rare experience that, you know, on and off camera. I mean, it yeah. was always hard to keep our, keep our shit together. I think camera. was Amanda, maybe she directed the episode. Yeah. Did Amanda she... directed some in the last couple of years. Yes. Right. Yes, yeah, so I think I remember. I think I remember that too. And then just hanging out with Ted McGinley, who I loved because yeah. he always came in like most of the way into a show. Right, he had come into Love Boat. He had come into Happy Days. Isn't he wild? He yeah. came into Married. Like it, there, there is like a McGinley factor with a lot of shows uh, that start in the '80s that he like slides in. Yeah. near the end. Uh, but all in all, really, really great experience. And um, that was really the first time that I had come on to a pre-existing like. This show is set. You're just going to come in and and say a couple things and and leave. And well, you know the creators of that show were like the nicest people ever, Ron Levitt and Michael Moy. They were so and you know it starts at that level. You know if if the bosses and the creators are in a good are good, it's pretty much going to be a good working environment. Yeah. Do uh, do you feel like that's something that you would want to do at some point? Do you want to create a show? Do you want to show run or do you see what Kurt goes through and you're like that looks like not fun. No, I don't think I have, you know, I mean, what Kurt does, you know, Kurt is a very, um, he has people, you know, he has a writer's room, he has all that, but he's also very, you know, he's the guy with the vision of what's going on. So as like he'll describe sometimes, sometimes he doesn't really know where it's going till he's in it. So there's a lot on his shoulders. Um, I don't know that I could ever, you know, there's a certain muscle and a certain kind of you know, I think my husband's a genius. So that's, and I'm not saying that, you know, pretentiously. I just, I just think he is. And I, I don't have that capacity, nor would I want to work that hard. <laughs> um, just like directing. You know, sometimes I think, oh, maybe I'd like to direct. And I think, oh, God, you have to work so hard. <laughs> well, it's not that you have to work so hard. It's just that it's sort of like you said with the vision. You have to have all the answers. Like everyone comes to you with everything. Yeah. Yeah, and I sort kind of, of like nice being part of the team. I would really love being a part of the team. And then plus, I'm you know, I have my family. You know, my family was very important to me. So it always has been. So I'm sort of the director of that. Do you feel like do you do you feel like that uh, the the two different characters between Sons of Anarchy and Married with Children do they come from the same place? So do you approach them in the same way, or does it feel like obviously they're different to watch? But does it feel like they're different, or do you feel like, no, this is just how I'm expressing these characters, but it's ultimately the same mechanism? Well, they're really different mediums. First, You know, when you do a sitcom, it's almost like you're doing a play. Right. So the muscle you use for that and the broadness you use for that and the whole – even though it's based sort of 
what's funny is when it's based in reality, but it's just a bigger, it's a bigger tool, it feels like. So, and then what I do here on Sons of Anarchy, I just think it it's a different, um, it must all come somewhat from the same place, but it just lives in a deeper place, a darker, quieter place. And I don't know if that's because of the world that they're in, which is, I always look at it as very sort of shrouded and... Mm-hmm. Dark and dangerous. Yeah. So it comes down in here. It's very dark. Yeah. So, okay. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I guess that's kind of an obvious question for me to ask. But I just the idea of one's very intimate and one's very presentational. Yeah. And they totally are. It's just like when you do a play, you know, you are, you have that fourth wall and you're, you know, they're, you're, you're performing out, you know, whereas I'm, I'm probably not describing this correct at all. But if you're doing something on a camera, on a film, you know, you're, you're not having that broad... The camera's like this far from your yeah, face. Yeah, right. So it's a different thing. Was there anything on Married with Children? Because obviously at a certain point it seemed like you guys could pretty much get away with anything. Like in that, And that, that was the... It seemed like it. It almost yeah. seemed like the definition of what how the show worked. It's like, well, it started at this level with breaking boundaries. You kind of have to do that every season to keep people, you know, to keep the level of, of engagement... Was there, Were there things that came up on the show where they're like, <laughs> even we can't do this... No, I mean, sometimes feminist people would ask me a lot about that because there was so much sex and so much, you know, um, uh, male chauvinism and, you know, is that your female point of view? And and I remember doing articles or interviews with people where I'd just say, you know, it's really not my point of view that we're even dealing with. I'm just an actor. You know, if you, if you have issue with that, you should talk to the writer. Yeah. You know, my job is to just sort of tell the, you know, be a little piece in the play right so um i kind of really keep a good boundary between what's me i mean i do heinous things on sons of anarchy you know (laughs) Gemma does them i would never do them sure you know so peg bundy and what the bundys did that's what they that was their world you know so i'm able thank god to sort of put myself in that world it's not my point of view right you know, but we did, you know, we we killed Santa Claus, man. Oh, yeah. That was my fucking favorite episode. <laughs> if you ever look, watch that episode, you see we're all sitting on the couch. Nobody has a straight face. We're all, like, biting the insides of our cheeks because we couldn't get through the shot when Santa Claus comes flying down behind you know, the couch. And theoretically, you could kill him on Sons of Anarchy as well. Absolutely, we could kill Santa you would Claus. Mistake We've him killed for a, a clown. You'd mistake sure. him for a biker. Yeah. And 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 stomp him. Santa Claus to death. could be a biker. You're right. <laughs> it's true. That's sort of that. That's kind of a that's a really fun idea, though, of um, just the two different presentational styles. Is, is Sons of Anarchy ever? Do you ever laugh at how dark it gets? Sometimes is it Ooh. is it is the tone fun on the set? Sometimes I get. It's not that I laugh so much, but I remember when we first did the pilot, and Kurt had done all this research into motorcycle clubs. You know, the clubhouse, the way they do the the meetings, the gavel, the things on the wall. I mean, everything was – the details were, like, really perfect. And I remember thinking, is this real? I mean, how can this be for real? Mm-hmm. And it really, really was. And it wasn't that it made me laugh, but it made me – it just felt so far-fetched. But, you know, that sort of – that subculture is really – you know, they have rules. They have regulations. They have – uh, uh, it's a subculture. You know, they really run their society somewhat off the grid. I mean, that's what the classic motorcycle club is. It's interesting to see how uh, television has evolved in the last few decades. And I, I, I when I look at all the shows now that are popular, um, all of the protagonists are kind of despicable people. Did you read that article? I think there was just an article about that in the was in the New York Times or something about the male antihero. 
has oh, no, taken over television. And, you know, it was sort of comparing it to Orange is the New Black because now that's all women, you know, that finally women are sort of, because it's sort of like, the article was sort of about like the end of the antihero. Like mm. what's, because we're pretty inundated with it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone. And, but what is it about, what is it about culture that you think, is it just that people were tired of seeing everything work out for people and they wanted to? <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe. They, were, they wanted to feel a little bit better about themselves. But, you know, you, you, you're, you know, on a show like Sons of Anarchy, it's not just, oh, these people are playing a bunch of bikers and sometimes they fucking kill people. It's like you, you as, a, as a performer have this challenge of how do I take someone who does what other people might view as not great things and still make that person a human being. Oh, yeah. And, and it, you have to connect with that somehow. Well, I think that's what's great about it, that the show is really a family drama. So the, I think where you get the real humanity in the characters is how they relate to each other and how loving they are to each other. So that within that world, everybody's able to relate to that. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to kill you if you don't do what we want you to do. <laughs> exactly. You know, so, and, and which I also find is not very gratuitous. I mean, if you, if you kind of put them yourself in their positions and they don't really deal with the law and they don't really, you know, they're just kind of doing what they need to do to get along, just like we all do. But because they have those strong connections between each other, mother, son, husband, wife, child, son, you know, they, they have all that. So I think it's, you know, somewhat forgivable. That really is just the colors the colors changed and in this case they just happen to be they just happen to be this kind of family, but ultimately they're just a family. Yeah. That's and that's that's probably that's why I got I'd love to have Kurt in here too to just pick his brain about that is like how do you and also <laughs> how do you not piss off bikers at the same time cuz you know, do you want to be respectful of their subculture so they aren't like, hey, you piece of shit, what are you, what are you doing up there? No, they've been really supportive of us, you know, that whole subculture. And Kurt has alliance with, you know, where he needs to. And it, it's been fine. It's really been fine because, you know, it's fiction. I mean, yeah. we're, you know, it's not like we're ripping from the headlines, you know, big, <laughs> big true stories. You know, it's really, it's, it's a story. And I think his, you know, he's got his kind of um, Shakespearean arc about it all. So I thought it was kind of cool to place it in this world. I think it's cool that that cable has become like new indie film. I know it's so great, it really is. But it, and I, and I think maybe you know you start to see it, you start to see it on pay cable with Sopranos, but then The Shield is really like the first show where you're like, oh fuck, that's not on that's not on a premium pay channel that's just on cable right where the where you know fx is like oh hey we're gonna do this thing and it's and then and then amc and then and then now it's just like oh yeah that's what happens that's tv, that's TV now yeah i mean i don't i don't really watch that i can't think of any actual network thing that i watch i don't either isn't that weird well oh, it except is except like i really like the voice <laughs> <laughs> oh do you really <laughs> i'm not I also like America's Next Talent or Got Talent. America's Got Talent. I like all that crap. I think that's. I mean, like, sort of. I just think it's adorable. Can I tell you though? After after a day on the set of Sons of Anarchy, though, it's probably nice to be like, I just want to see someone try to sing a song or play the saw yeah, or dance. Absolutely, I do. I really like it. <laughs> but now, um, much in the same way, and, and it's definitely an accelerated pace. But what you saw with cable kind of breaking away from network. And sort of being the you know the the, the anarchist um, now it's the, it's internet it's web like it's it's Netflix and Hulu and right. you know, now you can see like even cable is starting to be like oh shit 
Oh, no, I don't think those cable guys like the whole Netflix thing so much. No, 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 it's no. It would not be good. No. Well, everybody's going to just have to figure out figure it out because it's going to be a different way that you watch television. Well, I yeah, think, I think all the eventually all what we'll end up out. with is a, just a box that's like Netflix, and but it is instead of... Netflix, you're going to have Netflix, Hulu, NBC. Well, as ABC, a consumer, CD. as a consumer, yeah. I, I've always thought there would be some sort of OS that would that would just replace television. As a consumer, I don't give a shit. Either I, you know, I have, so I have satellite, or I get it on my, you know, like a Roku yeah. box or an Xbox or whatever. But to <laughs> to the networks, they're not real excited about that. But I mean, you know, you as a performer, or Kurt as a as a creative force. I think we'll always be fine because it'll just be like my okay, friend Paul Rubens. You know Paul Rubens. I know. Yes, of course. So Paul said to me, he "Goes, we're all going to be replaced by animated characters." <laughs> it's like really. <laughs> he just thought all the actors we we would be replaced too. Yeah. No, he's. You'll he's, need writers. You do. You need. You writers. need content. Yeah. I gotta say, with Paul, it's the. I don't know him well, but we we've definitely had conversations online and then we had a meeting once about potentially doing something together and it was a room full of people about about my age all in the dem all in the peewee demographic and he was he talks very much and then and then he'll say like oh like when we were doing you know peewee and then he goes into the character and you just see everyone in the room like like you just can't it just hits them on such a level that they can't you can't almost control your bodily functions yeah he's a great guy you know we went to college together did you really we were dorm mates yeah we lived down the he's a little bit older than me but not much and uh, so he was a couple years older, but I we lived in the same dorm. Like I lived a floor below, and he was up in his room. This is the greatest fan fiction that has <laughs> yet to be good. written. It was me, Paul, and David Hasselhoff. Oh my god! <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is the weird. We all went to Cal Arts, and and we were in the theater department. We had the same theater teacher, and I dropped out, of course, and went and joined a musical and went on the road. So I didn't stay. But Paul was really like the – he was so – you know, he, he still, up until a couple of years ago, would, would try to get everybody together that was in that same class. And Beatrice Manley was our teacher. And, wow. And Paul's room looked like the playhouse. <laughs> I mean, he was did. really – you know, he – you know. What did Hasselhoff's room look like? I don't remember what his room looked like. He was just like this big, sweet Midwestern dude. You know, he was like so wide-eyed. And um, it was just a selection of shirts with the top five buttons missing. <laughs> he was really great. I get that from him. I totally get that from him. Yeah, he was just a sweet, a sweet, big, sweet guy. That's pretty interesting to see. Did you? Did anyone else come out of that group that um, continued to, in the business? Probably, maybe on the on the other side. But those were the three of us that were sort of went on to actually work, and. Um, it was really, it was good. Paul used to come because I would always run over to the pianos and he'd, he'd and I'd play songs. I was like this tortured songwriter and I'd play <laughs> all these very sad, tortured love songs. And Paul would, you know, find me and he'd sit there and listen. And he was just great. He was awesome. He still is. He still sends me a birthday card every year. He's such a nice guy. And my kids. I mean, he's amazing. Aww. So that is, that is kind of interesting just to see where everyone, I, I mean, I like doing that now just with people that, you know, where we all start at the same time. Like, oh, you go off in that direction and you go off in that direction. You're David Hasselhoff. Yeah, you're David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Do you ever see David Hasselhoff? Occasionally, occasionally I've seen him. Yeah. Does he <laughs> Does he remember the old days? Oh sure. No, we. I think our our kids went to the same school for a little while, and you know I've checked in on him, to make sure he's okay. Not long after that, right? He got Knight Rider, right? That wasn't. 
that long after Not college. too long, probably yeah. mid twenties. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Knight Rider was like eighty one, eighty two, maybe. Yeah. I was born during an episode of Knight Rider. What? At nine fifteen PM <laughs> on August fifth, nineteen eighty three. Oh, so it's not that your parents told you Knight Rider was on, you just calculated that, that No, my brother who got the phone call at home that you just had a you just, just watch Night Rider. He was watching Knight Rider. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> wow. Michael, it's a boy. <laughs> We're calling him Matthew. Oh, thank you. Um well, you're the you you have an album about to come out, or it's oh yeah out? yeah yeah it's coming out uh, end of October, and I've been working on it for about That'd a year and a half. That'd be a great title, by the way, for an album. End of October. End of October. Yeah. It's called. Been a great, it's called covered though. It's called covered. I know, but listen. Okay, I'm Next sorry. Next album. No, you're Next right. One. I don't want to. I don't want to have a date on it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to squash your creativity. That's very nice that you're telling our guests. I'm going to try and meditate. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> What kind of, what, what's... It's coming out. It's produced by Bob Thiel, who does all the music on Sons of Anarchy. You know, every season I sing a song mm-hmm. in the soundtrack, and the music for Sons of Anarchy sort of has its own little life of its own. So I thought, you know, I'm going to, I make a record like every 10 years. I mean, so I thought, oh, it's 10 years, let's go. So I was writing and writing and nothing, you know, I just didn't want to, I, did, I just decided not to do anything that I'd written because I didn't like any of it. So I I covered songs and um, we arranged them and and it's really it's pretty cool. I mean I think that uh, it's kind of rootsy, it's kind of soulful. It's good. Or are all the songs? I know everybody's going to ask me like, what kind of music is it? Do you want to know what kind? Of, I don't know how to answer that. Well, no, what kind of music is it? I, I'm, soul. I've already got. An I'm, idea. I'm saying I'm saying like, did you pick a bunch of different songs of disparate styles and then and aim them through this lens? Kind of. I mean, I did like a couple Steve Earle songs. I did um, a Ray LaMontagne song. Oh, I did a wow. Ryan Adams song. I did a Tom Petty song. I did a Joni Mitchell song. So I mean, some of them because you know I grew up. In the loving sets, acoustic guitars, loving apparently. acoustic guitars and blues music. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, those are kind of what I really, really like. So um, everything kind of has a soulful, folky kind of vibe to it, is what I would say. I didn't want to do like an oldies record, but it has old, some old music on it. Uh, we're doing another podcast at two with Nico Case. Do you know her? Oh, I do know Nico Case. I really like Nico Case. Yeah, she's great. It's the same. You know, she does that kind of really cool folksy. Yeah. You know the stuff too it's kind of like that it's really um and then and then it is it isn't i also cut a really great jackson brown song i did for a oh, dancer nice. and jackson actually sings on the record with me too oh, cool. he does sings on one of the steve Earle songs and um you know it's a great band it's greg lees and it's matt chamberlain i don't know if uh, you know matt chamberlain's a fucking great drummer great great Sebastian drummer. steinberg i mean they're all so so the record i really am proud of the record I'm hoping that you know people will like it. I'm how do pick you it up. how do you preserve your voice? Because I would imagine that acting probably does not mesh well with a singing voice where you're where you're being really emotive and you're straining and you're you know like how do you keep well, she's your not voice playing Batman? No, I understand that, but you still but you're you're <laughs> but still I'm playing Leela. <laughs> but... Mia. <laughs> but talking uh, is the enemy of singing. It is. Well, except that you you know you have to breathe. I mean, I used I have technique. That's probably why my throat is okay. And, you know, the same – see, I just breath, I just took a deep breath. <laughs> see, if you've had any kind of vocal training at all, you know, it's really all about your breath. It's all about making sure that, that's, that you're supported so that your, your voice is not sitting coming from here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of – you know, yeah. there's technique to it if you, if you want to sustain it. So if you have to sing and, you know, and use your throat a lot. Because, you know, as we get older, too, you start to – if you don't – Use it, you lose it. Yeah. 
as they say. Yeah, because it's a, they're, they're muscles. They're but muscles. I never I never learned how to to talk the right way that you're supposed to talk. I, it's like, huh, now I'm going to get a bunch of words out. And you're not really supposed to force no, air you through have your throat. To, you have to breathe from down here. And you have to breathe from, from back there. <sighs> Deep breaths. And then and you just kind of get in the habit of it. And then before you know it, you're breathing correctly. And then, then it's easier to talk. You also, you also talk... In, in a very relaxed way, whereas I am, I'm even leaning forward in this chair. So I just, I talk in a very like, eh, mm. in a tense well, way. Well, you have to really pay attention. Doing what you do, don't you have to really focus on what the other person is saying? I'm sorry, what? It's debatable. <laughs> See what I did there? That was, uh, that was a flipperoo was there. Super good. <laughs> just call me full of shit. Super good. <laughs> it's, uh, does Kurt go into like writing mode and like sort of lock himself away for a while, or is it? Yes. Uh, is it? Is he, he's that? He's that kind of writer. I always joke that I'm the writer's widow. <laughs> for a period of time, you for are. a period you of have time, to be, yeah. You know, which is actually good. I think it's a good way to have a marriage. I think like too much time, like always together, is not such a good thing. Especially I really do you, have longevity, especially when you work together. Yeah, we work together, and you know, he just has a real pro. You know, like every house we've lived in, he always has to have his own like space, like an office mm-hmm. where he can go. Because I don't even know, you know, how you do that where you make up all that shit. You know, I think he like, you know, I don't know. So yeah, it requires um, a certain amount of time on his own kind of figuring all that out away from the writers away from everybody yeah. so it's kind of a solitary gig he loves it he lo- Kurt really likes being a writer what's the uh, what do you think is has been helpful to maintain because you obviously are still crazy about the guy yeah so how have you how do you maintain that when you guys have been to, when you've been together for a long time and you work together and you like yeah. what's the what's the give and take and how do you how do you make it how do you make it work mm, well Let's see. I don't, you know, I've been married a couple of times. So I think that at a certain point you start to learn that the other person is not the sole, re, solely responsible for your happiness. Oh, that's a good one. It's really true. It's like if you start always looking at your person like, you know, you're supposed to be a certain way so that I can feel okay. Oh, shit. That's really good. Then you're just going to end up really disappointed and shit out of luck. And if you take, I find, if I take responsibility for my own, you know, happiness, really, then uh, it takes a lot of pressure off of the other person. That's really good. I, I, you just automatically made me flash back to every relationship I've had. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I kind of did lean too hard on the, you know, like, yeah, that's. I think it's human nature to do that, though, because, you know, we all like to avoid. So nobody really likes to be accountable for their own stuff. It's so much easier to go. If you hadn't done that, then I wouldn't feel this way. I also got to blame the media for all of the bad uh, sitcoms that I watched that made it it seem like, honey, I'm home, you know, like, and then they basically just, uh, you're supposed to do this for me, you know, like, I I, I blame, I blame the media for that as well. I've raised a son, and I think, I think guys have, I think it's a bad rap on guys to have that kind of role model like that. Yeah, I agree. You know, it really is, and that's not what it's supposed to be like. It's, it could, because really, the, the standard, I think the standard kind of uh, American archetypal relationship that 
sitcoms have given us is the husband can be kind of a fuck up and a piece of shit, but then the wife's always going to be there to pick him up like a goddamn baby. Yeah, and it's all about money, you know, because because the guy's the piece of shit, but he's bringing home the bacon. Right. So if you're the one bringing home the bacon, then everybody has to kind of, you know... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll make you feel better. But, you know, that's not the way modern relationships really work. I mean, I've never – I've always brought home the bacon too. So, right. you know, it's a little – I just don't think those stereotypes even fit our, our world anymore. You should have asked Meredith Tilton not to pay you in bacon. <laughs> not that to pay me in bacon? That was <laughs> <Yeah>. mean. <laughs> Guys, why am I bringing home all this bacon? Why am I bringing all this bacon? You get the well, you, then you get the residual bacon where you just I get like. I wonder where that phrase actually comes from. Bringing home the bacon. Uh, I wonder who like made I don't that know. up. Like, why does bacon mean money? I guarantee you, it was probably an advertisement. It was probably oh, yeah, an yeah, ad yeah, company. Food. Right. That it's like that it, that the money directly translated into food on the table, and so the husband was bringing home the bacon while right. the, it feels very fifties to it me. It does. Feel Do you really make a hundred bacon's a year? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kurt and I were actually having this conversation about certain words that the media were responsible for, like the word Xerox. Yeah. You know, Xerox is a brand. Right. Kleenex. Yep. Kleenex is a brand. You know, yes. but nobody says, give me a tissue. That's they say, true. Give me a Kleenex. I think that literary term is actually called metonymy. I oh, there's think, a word for it? I think, oh, wow. I I think that. that's metonymy. Where, uh, and I'm the internet. Do, 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 do. The inter- metonymy. Metonymy. <laughs> right, but the internet, the internet will correct me and I, as, 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 I, as I like What's to do. What's the name for that? Um, the what? internet correcting you? That's called shitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called endless. Yeah. It's called shitty and infinite. Um, but uh, yeah, the idea where a brand becomes like synonymous with all of the thing. Right. That, that, that's that thing. So I wonder if bringing home the bacon has anything to do with it. It probably is. It's probably like, like that. Hormel or Oscar Mayer. It's yeah. like it's some sort of a thing. I mean, you know, it, it's... It, I also like the idea that we've sort of shifted. There is the idea that television now is is more for art's sake, like that cable is more for art's sake when, you know, when television is really just a way to distract people so they'll watch commercials. Yeah, to sell soap. Yeah, That's exactly. It. And so now with this new model, with the consumers sort of taking it over, so with like Netflix or Hulu or Deep Deep, deep Cable, it really is more about the consumer relationship to the art, and it's like the commercials are just sort of in the way. Like, yeah, but it is an advertising medium at the same time. Right. So trying to figure out how to... Well, Basic Cable still has commercials, right? Basic Cable still yeah. does have commercials, but they, but it's... that. It, well, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know... We should F- just F- go F- back F- to the Texaco Star Theater. They really, you know... And the DuPont I, it's gonna, Network. It's going to go that way, especially with DVRs. It's you definitely going to go that, that way. is that like product placement? Well, yeah, I mean, but like product Colgate placement, had its own... The Colgate Comedy Hour yeah. or... Oh, right, because they were sponsored by they that were spon- company. Yeah. One oh, yeah, show. That, they are going that way. I think yeah. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. And DuPont had its own network, which I love. <laughs> the DuPont Network. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Sure. Is that you guys on the wall? Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. how we look. I love that. I keep yeah. kind of looking at that and thinking, well, who's the third guy? Jonah. He's not here. He's Jonah's not writing. here. He's writing for the, the roast, the Comedy Central roast of oh, James Franco. I did Franco. one of those. I did Roseanne's. How was it? I was really nervous. I was super nervous before, but I think, but I did okay. You know, they gave me stuff. And, and I said to them, I said, look, don't say anything really super mean about me. I'll just start crying. <laughs> I said, I can't. I'm not. Because, you know, I'm not a stand-up. Right. And, you know, they're brutal oh, on yeah, those yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really nervous to do it. But I, I gave a few little zingers, and nobody said anything too mean to me. So I survived. And I just... Uh, you know, it was fine. It's kind of a, kind of a brave thing for you to do if you're sensitive. It was if you're totally sensitive. brave and bold because I'm oversensitive. But also, you're a person I would have a hard time coming up with something mean to say about. 
Yeah, they they tried to say something mean about me ma- being married to a younger guy. He's not even that much younger, but you know, they made that joke and then some sort of milf situation. I mean, it was really well, that's not an insult. Wasn't I was sort it's of like, well, thanks. Dude. I mean, the f of milf is a pretty good one. Like it's a, it's a mom I'd like to right. So it's not uh, it's not really an insult. No, no, it was fine. Yeah. It was actually fine. No, they didn't make me cry. And this uh, Katie's so pretty. I don't. Oh god, I got nothing, guys. It was good. <laughs> but I had to really. I did give him that caveat. I said, yeah, I'll do it, but just don't annihilate me because I won't be good at that. Um, I don't. So th- he's doing James Franco's. So they're they're roasting James. They're roasting Franco? James Franco. Yeah, yeah, of course they are. Why not? Yeah. Why are they roasting? Probably James because Franco? James Franco requested it. He hasn't even it. been around that long to. I mean, alive but that he's long done to be roasted. Weird shit. Well, I can. I, and I love James Franco, but he just seems so young. Do you want to hear? From, you want to hear from a marketing standpoint? They're probably like, we need younger viewers. Oh. James Franco's in this fraternity of all of the, the Judd Apatow world right. and the Seth Rogans I liked of the world. End of the world. So if, what it was called. Uh, yeah. This is the end. Yeah. So not to be confused with the world. So you know, you have James Franco. That means that you're going to get Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen and Apatow and all these guys and all, like all the people in that demographic which is their target demographic uh and then franco probably likes it because uh you know it uh connects him to the people makes right. him human right he's just a piece of shit like the rest of us and they're gonna tell him so that's my that's my guess No, that's a completely correct that, that's assumption. the boring that's the boring i think too much about why things are and how television is marketed uh this was created by a company in Atlanta called the Comics Factory and if you send them a picture of yourself they will make you look like a superhero wow i love that yeah that's yeah. so great. So those are that's liter- that's what all of our abs look like. Man, yeah, I still technically have one ab. <laughs> But good shoulders. Oh, yeah, I have great shoulders. Um, so uh, th- that's about the hour. That was it. Oh, did we talk for an hour? Yeah. We talked for an hour. Congratulations. You made wow. it through a Nerdist podcast. Wow. You no, made that it was through. really fun. I hope you had a nice time. I did have a nice time. That was very easy. I didn't even realize the time flew by. We really like you. Oh, I, I, And we're really big fans of it's really hard not to nerd out about stuff. Which, you know, we try to be respectful of our guests and not be like, <laughs> and then the one time. <laughs> you well, know, I kind of did it. Well, the, yeah, you kind of did it when you were going joke. the Futurama I was just joke. explaining. And the I'm, kinds of jokes. That yes, I know. Listen, understand. <laughs> what, I, I, so that's actually that is one one final question that I kind of wanted to, when people nerd out on you, what is it the most that they go toward? What 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 do you answer the most? You mean like at Comic Con? Like at Comic Con, like or, or in, just in general, like when people come up to you. What do you answer the most? Is it Married with Children or Futurama or Sons of Anarchy? Well, it used to be almost all just Married with Children. Now it's more Sons of Anarchy. I think it's probably because it's more current. So, um, but the nerdest question. Nobody really asks nerdy questions about that. They're just kind of scared of me, which is like, wow, really? You're scared of me? I will put um, a gun to your baby's head. Yeah, exactly. So um, it is so fun to play that. Guy, <laughs> Even though that was a terrifying moment. I kept, I kept said to Adam Ark, and he was directing the thing. I was like, I cannot, I can't do it. I can't do it. He goes, one more time, one more time, one more time. So I put the gun to the baby's head, and, that was in the, gun, and the baby just cried perfectly right at the camera. Like that. And then that was it. We were done. That's it. Oh, oh my it God. was awful. It was really like you know, and it, still my favorite thing anyone's it was ever pretty, done. On television. It was pretty. It was pretty amazing. Did you at the before with the parents? Were you like so so sorry? Um, well, you know, you, this is see in my dialogue in my head. I'm sort of like, why did you bring your baby to this job? <laughs> They're probably like, why is your child? What are you apologizing here? for? Are your you, baby's <laughs> gonna be a star. Are you <laughs> like, aware what? of the production of the crow? Oh my God! It's, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's really an unbelievable, but you know, I guess that's their family's choice, and we all have. That's not for me. Everybody to judge. made it okay. Yeah, 
Yeah. And now that baby's got an awesome still photograph. <laughs> so people ask me all kind of questions about, I don't know what the weirdest questions are. I mean, they're, you know, people still love Peg, which is like amazing to me this many years later, but there is definitely. Well, she's never left our television. She, I know she must be on like at three in the morning yeah. or something still. Cause she's just, you know, people still talk about it. What, even, I mean, I feel like pretty frequently throughout the year, I'll get the tweets of like, Hey, I see you on Married with Children. I'm like, wow. where, where do you live and where are you seeing this? I know. When's it on? Yeah. I'll get screen When did caps. you go to sleep? Yes. I'll get screen caps from people where they're like, hey, they take a picture of it and they put it on they put it on Twitter. I'm like, holy shit. Wow. Uh so syndicated television is still alive and well. I guess so. Um and then have you guys ever th- thought about just like doing one of those Paley Fest reunions where you all come together? Oh, and... the married with children ones? Yeah. You know, we did we got an award, the T V land one. Yeah. And then yeah, we I'm sure we would do it. We all, you know, we're still close. I mean, I talked to Ed, I talked to Chrissy, I talked to David, and I'm sure we would, but somebody would have to you know, organize that. We're so on I it. don't know. I'm on it. Yeah, you guys go do it. You know, let's make it happen, Chris. We're gonna do it. Yeah. All right. It's officially approved. Well, first, we'll do the first. We'll do the Futurama one. All we have to do is call the mayor of Hollywood, and then he calls the Paley Center. Right. That's right. Something like that. <laughs> That's how it works. We'll yeah. wait. We'll, we'll figure something yeah. out. Um, but uh, Sons of Anarchy is back. I think September twenty seventh, tenth, September September tenth. Okay. Yes. At ten o'clock, and it's going to be a great season. Nine, so. ten, ten. I'm hoping everybody will tune in. And then, know, that has a rabid fan base, SOA. It's wild. Wild. The, the fucking billboards crazy, are man. gorgeous. Are cool? So pretty. Where is it? Is it right here on Sunset? I have to I go don't know see where one. it is. I haven't it's... seen them up. Oh, this one, La Cienega? Yeah. Aren't those awesome with all fighting like yeah. that? Well, the <laughs> I love Ron off to the side. Just right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, the biggest problem with that billboard is that you almost get in an accident because you're trying to see where everyone is yeah. and the oh, thing boy. and what what's what they're reacting to. And it, it, it's beautifully shot. Yeah, I think so, too. That's Stephanie Gibbons. Uh, it's her marketing team over at FX. And I can't think of the name. Oh, that's bad. I should know the photographer because he's done us a couple times. But they put it, they do great marketing over at FX. I mean, I think all their billboards for their shows and what they've done with us yeah. has been amazing. His name's uh, Keith Polaroid. Is that who the Keith com- Polaroid, the- ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Keith Polaroid. That's my go-to photographer name. I know who shot this. Keith Polaroid. I don't know. I just assume that that's probably that guy. <laughs> no, it's Freddie Long exposure. But uh, <laughs> should I Twitter? Should I tweet before we get off the air? I'm, do you want to? Well, I'd like to tweet, like to tell everybody where I am. Oh, please do. How do I do that? We- <laughs> <laughs> Stand aside. <laughs> we will show you. That's my big thing. I mean, I know how to tweet. I have actually. I have two hundred and ten followers. Two hundred two hundred ten. I, that sounds a little more accurate. Yeah, <laughs> I would feel so bad for you. Wouldn't dude, that be too. awful? That okay, would be okay. so, so shitty. So, so first of all, Kyle, would you do, would you take a picture for us? If you set up the camera on your phone, we'll take a picture in here, and then you can tweet out. And the then we pic- tweet the picture. And we'll tweet the, tweet the picture. Perfect. Out. Right. Okay. So, oh, you probably know how to do everything here. Or if you or if you <laughs> you're want. a young person. <laughs> okay. Shall I come over here? Sure. Here, if you want, Kyle, you can take it with mine, and if we make this easier, I will tweet it out, and then you can just retweet it. Oh, then, you, then you don't have to like. Easy. Then you don't have to like post a picture or anything. Yeah, but then I can't say anything. It's like I never know how to. Oh, you're the nicest person ever. Okay, so yeah, so uh, w- so have you done this before? Have you? Well, let's, we'll walk through the process. I know, of course, she's I retweeted. No, I mean tweeted out pictures before. Or do you use? I do, I do, I do, I do. Let's see. So I'm gonna write, and then I'm going to. Add the, should I say something first? Yeah, say something first. This. Here I am. Who loves this? The audience. They're, they're gonna, they but you know why? Because, okay, because, they, because a lot of people don't know how to do this. So don't make them feel bad. Oh, not a lot of people do? What's going to be fun is that they're going to hear this and they're going to get to go back and see the tweet. 
Oh, great. That's awesome. Okay, here I am doing doing Nerdist Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure it doesn't autocorrect to Nerdiest. (laughs) Actually, yeah, no, it does sometimes. Well, not in our phones, but... (laughs) N-E-R-D-I-S-T. That's right. Right. Nerdist Podcast. Nerdist at Nerdist. At Nerdist News. No, Chris Hardwick. At Chris Hardwick. Yeah, there we go. And Uh, Matt Myra, M-I-R-A. M-A-T-T. M-A-T-T. M-I. M-I-R-A. At Matt Myra. Yep. Right? Yep. Loving it. Yeah! <laughs> now, how does it work, though? Like, do you just tune into it? It's not like... How, what you download it. We post it, it and iTunes. then it'll download. You post it and then... Yeah. Okay, so yeah. loving it. Check us out. This is awesome. Cute. Pretty adorbs. Okay, here we go. Done. Boom. This was fun. Really fun, guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, sure. Thanks for having and me. And I will explore more. Uh, I, 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 like you, am also a, a, a sensitive person, and I will explore the meditation route more. Let's all do it together it's right now. It's actually really good. Um, but go to a teacher. or go to a. There's a guy that teaches around Hollywood. He does, like, seminars. I mean, if you really want me to, I'll text sure, yeah. you his info. I would love that. And you can go for free and just sort of... Zone in on it. Where do you? What part of town do you live in? Uh, the, the hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Los Feliz. I'm sure he does them around town. He lives in the valley, and he does. I know. Oh, I can't go there. I know. It's the valley. <laughs> Shit. I know it's like enlightenment. I and lived I in there. I know. No, I hear you. I can't go back there either. <laughs> All right. I've lived I, there before. I cannot the, go back. Here's ten here's, degrees hotter. The buildings are ugly. Here's the tent. Do it. Here's the city the, planning is like for <laughs> shit. Well, that you even assume that they even tried know, to plan anything. Here's the test. Would you, if I said to you, Chris, you have a you have a nine a.m. meeting. And it's uh, in Thousand Oaks, or it's in Venice. Which meeting are you going to go to? Venice. Yeah. Yep, yeah. without a I doubt. I hear you. I know Thousand Oaks is all freeway, and Venice is like a lot of surface streets. Yeah. But I just like, I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm much Plus, more... there is also something nice. It's like a reward that you get close to the ocean. Totally. <laughs> like, once you, like, once you get past the shit... If you oh. go the ocean, if you go to the valley, you get closer to the fires of hell. Yep. Yeah, so it's yep. a lot hotter there. Right. Yep. Um, but uh, and you're are you just uh, you're Katie Seagal on uh, on Twitter? I'm Katie Lewis. Katie, oh. you, can, you know, I think you can get to me by Katie Seagal. I should make sure. I'll I'm tell you what you are. We should right make now. sure so we give people the right information. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Katie Lewis. C a t e y l o u s. K a t e y. Did I say C? Yeah. Uh-huh. What is wrong with my brain? I don't know. I looked at a K. <laughs> you, you know, could, you know also, you're looking at the connect on look, the C. Look, it's also Katie Seagal, see? Right? Oh, you, that's your name. Your username is Katie Lou S. Yeah, perfect. Would I get more Twitter followers if it was just Katie Seagal? Um, it'd probably be easier for people to find you, but you, you have so many followers now that yeah. you're going to rank really high and in you're Google search. So if someone types in Katie Seagal Twitter, that's the first thing that's going to come up. So you're easy to find. You're, right. you're, you're in good, you're in good shape. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you really want to talk offline about it, I, could, I, I might be able to help you get your name if you but just don't want Katie trust Seagal. Him. No. I've been trying to get him to get me verified for years, and he won't do I it. I think I am I, verified. Matt you assumes, are. Matt assumes that you I tried. Are. I am verified? How do you know I'm verified? Because <laughs> there's a you check have a blue mark, check mark oh, 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 And oh. we're verifying you, too. Oh, okay, good. I'm that, verified. That we're verifying you exist. Your life has meaning now. Congratulations. Twitter put a check mark next to your name. Thank We tell people, enjoy your burrito at the end of the podcast, which, by the way, is very much a meditative idea. It's about enjoying the present. 
I'm getting a burrito at the end of the podcast. <laughs> you well, can. In the term, in the sense of. It. It's in that Chipotle bag right there. <laughs> right. We tell what pe- if you handed people a little burrito? <laughs> Here you go. Left? Oh, wow. <laughs> An hour after their interview. Enjoy. <laughs> Here's your parting gift. What am I supposed to do with this? Uh, no, it's a, basically we tell people to enjoy the burrito, which means like enjoy the present. Oh. Enjoy the burrito as you're eating it. Oh, nice. Don't worry that it's going to be over and don't worry if you haven't had it yet. Okay. So great. maybe we enjoy a burrito. But you have such a phenomenal voice. Would you please tell people to enjoy their burrito for us? Enjoy your burrito. Oh, that's really nice. That was nice. That was really pleasant. Good. Yeah. All right. How this would, was fun. How would Leela tell people to enjoy it? Enjoy your burrito. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I'll kill you if you don't enjoy your burrito. <laughs> Everyone, that might be Jim. Well, now you got to do Peg if you've done. Oh. If you, <laughs> oh, she did. She go. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> <laughs> we got the gamut. We do. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST.